Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Welcome in. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast, and we are getting you ready for one of the non-major favorites of mine, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I think uh, a favorite for a lot of people to watch because it's just an exciting, different style of tournament, particularly when you get to number 17. But Skeeter, we'll get on all that. But first of all, my friend, welcome in, and uh, we uh, we get ready for... This kind of feels like when golf really starts for me. I don't know about you. Well, I mean, for me, it's the farmers. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I always managed to butcher some of the farmers and did it again last week. But, um, no, this yeah, I'm with you. This is just a – I love this tournament. It's fun to watch. The atmosphere on 16 with everybody going nuts on the par 3. Or 16, I'm sorry. I said 17. My well, 17 is a fun hole, too, because it's a drivable par 4. And where they put that um, – where they put the pin, especially I think it's Sunday, they put it in the back left – like, if you miss this thing right, there's, like, no way you can putt to get to the hole. And, in fact, I think I saw earlier today, uh, PGA Tour, I think, re, uh, sent out, retweeted, like, a video of Ollie, who was on that right side. He, he putted the ball into the water. Dang, like, dude, that's only, that's only something that I could do. I mean, it's such, 17 is just a great risk-reward hole. It's probably one of my favorite short par fours in all of golf. It's, it is just... It's, it's outstanding. It's a large green. There's water left. I think there's water behind. There's just so many. I mean, you can make two. You can make six. It's just, I love the hole. I, w I wish every course had a hole similar to it. Well, I am looking forward to getting down to it. And this, I mean, this, for me, I guess I kind of look at it as the beginning of golf season as well. And just the, the fact that you kind of, you're gearing down on football, and football and golf are kind of my number one and two, and baseball's right there, too, not to disparage the national pastime here. But as you watch the round on Sunday here at the Waste Management Open, you're getting basically counting down to kickoff for a Super Bowl and football in. So the party atmosphere that is the Waste Management Open is correlates perfectly with Super Bowl Sunday, and, and that's where kind of I make my transition into my lazy Saturdays and Sundays of, just sitting back watching. So this one, not the the, the most relaxed one. Um, we were actually, me and some friends were actually watching highlights of uh, the cheers and the booze on 16. The part <laughs> yep. uh, this the, the, a couple of days ago. So definitely getting fired up for this one. But uh, before we go any further into the party and the tournament itself, let's take a look back at the farmers real quick, do what we do every week and say, Hey, what do we take from last week? And what do we do moving forward? Leishman, uh, a really, I don't know. He drove the ball over the place. Yeah, he putted really good. Uh, just barely held off a rom comeback that the back nine score was ridiculous. Uh, pretty fun Sunday for the Farmers. Yeah. Um, kind of my takeaway is, boy, course history kind of uh, popped its head as being somewhat important because you saw some guys who had been not playing well, and they were kind of hanging around, whether it was J.B. Holmes, whether uh, mm -hmm. Bubba was involved. Um Rom with that back nine. Leishman always had good course history there, just hadn't done anything. Um, even a couple other guys, Jason Day popped a little bit, um, at least throughout the week. So, I mean, it was just one of those we weeks where tournament history kind of played. I think I saw something like four of the top eight uh, price golfers on DraftKings missed the cut. So, I mean, that's just kind of the way these elite fields go. And, you know, Rory kind of looked like he struggled a little bit on Sunday. I mean, I know there were some others, but... Um, you yeah. can throw Snedeker in that mix, too, of guys oh, who yeah. uh, play really well there that had a good, nice week. I forgot about Snedeker, but yeah. Yeah, so I think that's just kind of the takeaway is, you know, maybe this is something we got to remember next year for for the Farmers is, you know, way course history a little bit more. And 
And I almost kind of feel like this week could potentially be that way too because there's a lot of guys who traditionally have played very well in Phoenix. So that's, I think, something to consider. Yeah, and, and for me, I'm leaning a little harder on course history, something I like anyway, but you lean, I'm leaning a little harder on it now because if you look at uh, recent form, a lot of times you're getting back into December, uh, November, even October for uh, the last four four tournaments or something for a lot of these guys. So I'll lean hard on course history, probably more so this week than I normally do, which I already do a lot. But um, other than that, as we look forward to the uh, the Phoenix Open here, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, it's a par 71. 72-61 is the yardage here. Not crazy long, not short. What kind of stats are you taking away from this? Uh, you know, we obviously talked about two holes here, but there's 16 others that the golfers will have to navigate to win. Yeah, it's a fun course. It's one that, if, I mean, it's pretty fair. If, you, if you're if you able to play well, you can score, and I think the winning score will probably be in the 15-under range. Um, but cuts past few years have kind of hovered around even par, so... I mean, it does have some teeth to it. Um, from what I remember, just you've got to hit fairways. Because um, even if you miss if you miss a little bit to the rough, or even if you miss really wide, you might end up in, like, the waste area bunkers, which are, like, deserts. Um, I think some a couple of holes you could end up against a cactus and have to take it unplayable. So, that's, so I do look at bogey avoidance a little bit, but um, hitting fairways, hitting greens is absolutely crucial on this course. That's one of the main ones that, that popped up. There are seven holes between 450 and 500 yards that are par fours, so I'm going to take a look at that. But other than that, just the, mainly the scoring stats, um, proximity ranges, a lot of 150 to 175, and then even a decent amount from 175 plus. So I'll be taking a look at those ranges as well. But um, this field, this field is a pretty good field. It feels a lot stronger than past years. It seems like past years we've had a couple big names, but then a lot of kind of that second, third tier type of golfer. We still have those, but even the top end feels like it's pretty good. And I was really curious to see what they were going to do with this 10K plus pricing tier, and I, I'm still intrigued by it. So, um, I don't know if you want to get into that range now, if you have anything else you want to add to the course, but... Uh, I want to ask you one question, yep. and then, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, my question would be, because this is a different type of tournament, uh, you know, where the crowd, look, people are getting there early. They're drinking early. They're drinking a lot. They're cheering. They're screaming and cheering before you tee off, mostly just on 16, right? But uh, is there a different style of player? Are you looking for somebody who's a little more outgoing, more flamboyant, uh, as opposed to maybe somebody who's a little more reclusive? Or is that maybe over-exaggerating over, over the, 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 the way the crowd is there? I think it might be a little over-exaggerated. I mean, when you look at some of these past winners, like Kepka, um, Phil, different personality types there, even like Gary Woodland I think could handle it. Hideki's kind of a quiet guy. J.B. Holmes probably okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Ricky embraces it. So, I mean, it's literally one whole – I mean, it does play a little bit. It can it can mess with you a little bit, but I mean, there's just nothing really. I I think that tends to get a little overhyped. Um, even trying to figure, I'm I was looking at these winners trying to figure out like what is what's like a course that matches suit a little bit. I mean, when I see you know guys like I, so I know Phil's one. I see Gary Woodland, Hideki, JB. I mean, weirdly enough, I almost think Farmers might be a little bit of a correlation just because I mean. It's certainly not as long and a lot easier than Torrey Pines, but some of those same golfers play well. And 
I'm always trying to wonder if, like, the Travelers pops up a little bit just because of Webb playing well. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I was having a hard time trying to figure out what the correlated courses here were. Kucher was another one. Maybe a little bit of John Deere. I mean, I've seen Zach Johnson, Ryan Moore play well. Kevin Nas, another one who's played decently here and who's done well there. But I don't know what the correlation course here is. Um, maybe I'll try to dig into this more through and have something Wednesday. But a bit hard for me to try to figure out. Um, so I, I guess Travelers, John Deere, and Farmers a little bit. But I'm not sure there's a strong correlation between all of them enough to justify it, if that makes any sense. I'm with you. Um, so it makes sense. You got a couple of insurance companies uh, tournaments that make uh, that make up for the wasted management open. You got to have insurance for people that are going here. Is that is that the correlation? Well, I mean, you also need the John Deere tractors to uh, for the <laughs> landfills for for the waste management. So that's that's right. Oh goodness. All right. Well, it's good to know we've gone off the rails before we've even gotten into uh, one go. tier of Find players. Find another podcast that's going to relate those four tournaments. <laughs> and and because of that reasoning as well. Uh, so yeah, let's get into the 10K tier. We've got a like you said, a good field. This uh, this certainly feels like a field that can keep people's eyes on it Super Bowl Sunday while they're getting ready for the game afterwards. So uh, let's let's get into this field. And I love this 10K tier. We got five people there. It's John Rahm at 11-4, Justin Thomas at 11-2, Ricky Fowler's 10-5, Webb Simpson's 10-3, Hideki Matsuyama 10-1. Five solid world-class golfers, Skeeter. I'm going to ask you to pick one to be your favorite in this tier. I mean, there's four I really like. There's one I don't. Um, and even among those four, I have two at the top. But I'm going to lean John Rahm. Um, okay. In fact, I was kind of ready yesterday. I was ready just to just like, all right, I am not playing him at Phoenix. The way he started, and I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be a huge letdown. But the way he came fighting back those final six holes, I realized he had a bogey, but four birdies, an eagle, and a bogey just to kind of give himself a chance. Like, that's kind of what I wanted to see. And I didn't, you know, especially at the back nine on Torrey, that's not what you're expecting. But now he comes to a course that basically is his home course a little bit. I mean, or maybe not home course, but he did play Arizona State, so he's another Sun Devil guy. He's played here four times. His worst finish is 16th. He's got two. He's got two top tens in there. I mean, and this is the best he's been playing. Um, over 24 rounds, he's third in my model, first in greens and regulation, second in bogey avoidance, third in DraftKings scoring, fifth tee to green, eighth in that key proximity range from 450 to 500. Been putting pretty well. I get it. I mean, there's some other guys here. I think you definitely can go to, but Rom's just playing so well, and we, we've seen him win desert courses, even on the Euro Tour over in Dubai. I think he won the 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 race to Dubai, so 11-4, it is pricey, but there's there's some values. I, I'd like to try to jam Rom and another one of these 10K guys in. We'll see if I can do it, but um, for me, it's Rom. He's my number two. He's yeah. very close to my number one. The reason is pricing. He's the most expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm. you're not going to get an argument with John Rom. Pro- he, he might be the best golfer playing in the world right now. Um, I know he's not number one. He's close. Uh I feel like he's probably better than Rory or, or Brooks right now, personally. Yeah. Just the way he's playing right this second. So, I would agree. no argument for me. Uh, I will go Webb Simpson as my favorite. Price is really what separates he and John Rahm. I'm getting an $1,100 discount. I'm getting a guy with impeccable course history. He missed the cut two years ago. But other than that, in the last seven, eight years, 20th, 2nd, 14th, 10th, 8th. Plays well here. 
And Webb Simpson has been absolutely on fire, really, since, I don't know, about uh, April, May, last year. He hasn't done anything to discourage me. I mean, the Hero World Challenge, he wasn't great. Finishing 10th there isn't amazing in that field, but it's also not terrible. And then he just, you know, when I was worried about how the form translated over the Christmas break, Sony opening goes out there, finishes third. Give me Webb Simpson at 10-3. I'm probably going to have Webb Simpson as my favorite play in the tier he's in until he gives me a reason not to be. And even last year here, he gained 5.7 strokes on approach. He lost four off the tee. Like, he might not be the best off the tee player, but he's no, he's not that bad. He's my second in this tier. Um, And maybe, maybe again, I'm just trying to dig way too deep into this, but, like, Leishman winning last week is, like, guys who have played well in a course that haven't won that are due. Uh, we saw it with Ricky last year here. He's always played well here and has never won, didn't win until last year. Like, it feels like there's a Webb Simpson win coming here soon. He's just playing way too well not to have a win. and He, he rates out very well, again, in my stat models. A sixth in DraftKings points, ninth birdies are better, fifth in putting, uh, tenth in approach. So he hits all the main categories that I want to see. I, I do like the discount. I, he was, I was ready for him to be my favorite play in the tier. Um, I kind of was hoping that they would put Rom and Thomas like 12,000, 11, 8, and then like the next golfer at like 10, 4 to really make you think about playing one of those top two. But the gap's just not there enough for me to to have Webb over Rom. But yeah, that's what I say. I want to jam two of them in. That's kind of the two I want to try to see if I can construct something like, like that. You know, it's possible. I said Rom's my number two, and I think you, you hit him really well. So I'm just going to ask you a little bit here. It's possible that if Rom's not the best golfer in the world right now, then it might not be Brooks or Rory anyway. It might be Justin Thomas. Neither one of us has him as our one or two, but he's obviously a good play this week, right? Yes. Um, a little worried about his miss because of Sony, but he, I mean, he lost four and a half strokes putting there, which is abnormal. Um, still rates up very well. First tee to green, first approach, first at birdies are better, second draft Kings points, and first from 150 to 175 as far as proximity. Like, he's played well here. Um third last year but not great i got i guess that's just my tiebreakers i think ron's got slightly better course history than justin thomas but again we're just nitpicking here yeah um, we're splitting hairs between the top five guys in this field who if any of them were in the 9k tier would be my favorite in that tier right so we're just splitting hairs here right and what's funny is we mentioned we've gone through three names where we haven't even mentioned mr phoenix open hideki or the defending champ right i mean mentioned briefly but yeah i've got i'll be honest with you it's just, I mean, he would be my favorite golfer if he was 9,900. But because I have to pick one of the five to fade, I'll fade Hideki Matsuyama. See, I'm fading Ricky. It's fine. I mean, look, again, splitting hairs. I'll, I, If I've only got 10-1 left and I love the lineup I have, I won't tinker. I'll play Hideki. So while I say I'm fading him out of this five, it's it's slim pick. It's a slim margin. I, I like all five. All five could certainly be your winner at the end of this week. I will never fade Hideki this tournament just because, I mean... Get it. This is the, you know, in the... Does course does tournament history, course history matter? Hideki at Phoenix is one of the arguments for why it matters. Um, as I said, this... I, I, I told you, I'm probably at the point where I'm going to start playing multiple lineups because, you know, I had Leishman as my favorite 8K tier play last week. Didn't play him. Um, got a little stubborn on Bud Cauley, which, oh, man. Boy, is that bad in hindsight. He missed a cut and... I wasn't going to talk about the fact that you hyped him up and had me playing him in some lineups. No, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, I did. I guess I'm, uh, I'm, 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 no, I'm I lied. Complete, no, hey, <laughs> hey, completely fair. I was, I mean, I mean, 
but I mean that's golf. Um, there's too much variance of the sport to, you know, you gotta be able to adjust. But yeah, I'm at the point. I think I just have to, you know, make one primary lineup of play. It depends on the week, maybe three to 19 others. But um, yeah, I just I'm at the point. I don't think I can fade Hideki here, and he will probably be in at least a couple of lineups. Even if I only play three lineups, he will be in one of them just because I can't fade him here at Phoenix. Is he going to be the highest? Uh, owner owned player in 10k because my know. that's why i kind of picked him over ricky or thomas as my fifth in a group of three that i could really draw from a hat is i expected him to have the highest ownership like you know you would normally think webb here would be lowest owned but i think people are on to him people will not fade rom and thomas like i think there's just these five are going to get enough attention ricky is going to be the one that's under owned defending champion hmm. um i think the other four are going to be highly owned it's what's interesting to me is what people will do at the upper nine K tier. Actually, even just the nine K tier altogether. Yeah. Well, we've hit the ten K tier pretty good. Let's get into that nine K tier, which not exactly uh, uh, slim pickings in this one either. Ninety nine hundred is Xander Shoffley. Ninety six hundred Tony Finau. Ninety four hundred Matt Kuchar. Ninety three is Gary Woodland. Ninety two is more Colin Morikawa. Ninety one Bryson DeChambeau. Nine K even Bubba Watson. Pretty strong group of golfers there as well. I'll ask you your favorite play out of that tier, Skeeter. Um, boy, until, again, you want to talk about until he slows down at all, for me it's Morikawa. Um, okay. I think we saw with the questions we had last week, how would he do on, you know, the first time in one of these really tough courses. He came through fine, finished 21st, good on approach, struggled a little bit around the green, but, you know, that's Torrey Pines for you. This feels like a course he should play really well at. Uh, fourth in approach, eighth tee to green, second proximity from 175 to 200. Tenth in that par four from 450 to 500 range. I do worry slightly about his, you know, 200 plus yard proximity range, but he rates out so well for everything else. He's at a cheap enough discount that I can play him over some of these other guys. A 9200 is probably pretty fair on him. I don't love the 9K tier this week, but he is, he'd be the one I'd play out of this tier. I am uh, going to use somebody I used last week who played well. I didn't expect them to go from the 7K tier to the 9K tier, but Bubba Watson, I mean, the, one, played well last week. So I feel good about how he feels. Because I think Bubba's kind of an, he can be an emotional guy. I mean, we've seen him, you know, certainly tear up. We've seen him get a little barky at his caddy before, you know what I mean? So this is a guy who could ride the emotional wave in a good way coming off of a good week last week. And then look at that course history fourth now the year before 40th the year before that miscut those two are a problem sure but then 14th second second 15th fifth i mean webb simpson might be due for a win here bubba watson plays well at bubba courses he might be due for a win here too so while i wasn't in love with the way bubba was playing coming into last week so much i will take the way bubba played last week and parlay it into him as my favorite golfer one of the cheapest guys 9100 here yeah, no, he's he's probably... Or 9K, I'm sorry. He's the only other 9K guy I have starred right now. Um, certainly it's not due to stats. This is more of a tournament history play. And, I mean, we've seen Phil win here before, so maybe there's a lefty correlation here, which I don't know what that would be. But, yeah, I'm with you. Anytime we see Bubba at a course that he's played well and is coming off a good week, I I'm fine with it. Yeah, so if you don't go Morikawa, you're going Bubba. Is there, and then there's no one else for you in this tier, right? Maybe Gary Woodland at 9,300, but I think people will always be on him. Um, 
play. I it's hard to ignore Kucher. I mean, he's yeah. my number two, and he's barely my number two above Woodland. Um, but he's form, my number two. His form is not good, but boy, three straight top tens here. Of course, history is impeccable. Um, so I like him. I actually like Xander a little bit too. Uh, so I maybe like this nine K tier a little more than you like. Yeah, for me, my fate here is Tony Finau. Um, four straight missed cuts. Like this is weird. Like this feels like a course he should do really well at. So I don't know why he struggles here at Phoenix, but he does every year. And you know, unless I mean, if he wins, congrats. You know, there's a win coming. You know. He, he's got to win at some point, you would think, but this just doesn't feel like the spot. If he does, I'll tip my hat and say, congrats, here's my money, DraftKings. That course history is too much for me. He is my fade in this tier as well. I wanted to try and find somebody else to fade, but I just look at that, that those miscuts year after year after year. It's like it's hard to just chalk that off to a bad week when it's four weeks in a row, or four years in a row, excuse me, but, man, when you look at the 6th last week and the 14th the week before, it's like, and this is the guy I want to fade? The guy who's played really well two weeks in a row? He's 27 under in his last eight rounds out there? But I'm with you. He's my my fade as well. Watch him be low-owned early in the week because people are looking at that course history. And then people will talk themselves on him. Like he'll, he'll Watch him end up like 10 to 13% owned, maybe a little slightly higher, just because people will talk themselves on him. And I'm with you because I could see myself doing it to myself, saying, well, Cooch isn't playing that well. Uh, let's go to Finau. But and for now, yeah, he's definitely my fade. And hopefully I can, uh, I, can, I can be patient this week and not deal with that immediate information of that, uh, of that low ownership expectation. But let's, uh, let's take it to the 8K tier where we've got a pretty good group as well here. Uh, 8,900 is Snedeker, 88 Sun JM, Brennan Grace 87, Spieth 86. Scotty Scheffler, 85. Victor Hovland, 84. <laughs> Chez is 83. Ryan Palmer, 82. I know you heard that in my voice. Mm-hmm. Cam Smith, 81. Matthew Wolf, the guy who swings like Skeeter at 8K. And Ryan Moore also at 8K. Uh, Skeeter, a pretty good group in the 8Ks as well. And with the, the, the depth of the field, you would expect it. But is there somebody in this group that pops out to you? Pops out, no. Like, there's a lot of guys I like here, but just as far as a... You know, I think they're all kind of in the same boat. Um, okay. But, boy. That, that's my problem. I was trying to choose a favorite one. But, um, all right. I'm, I don't mean to spite you here. But um, <laughs> I'm going to go back to him with Scotty Scheffler, 8,500. Um, I'd like to explain why there was a little um, less excitement in your voice when you mentioned Scotty Scheffler. I had two lineups last week that had four of six golfers make the cut. I had, in those lineups, three of the six golfers I used were 6K golfers, and they all made the cut. So I had two golf, two lineups with varied 6K golfers all making the cut. But Scotty Scheffler and Justin Rose both dropped the ball on me. You figure when you get three 6K golfers right, things are going to go well for your lineup. Scotty Scheffler, Justin Rose said no. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Um... I tried to be professional there. No, you did just fine. <laughs> I think you handled that pretty well. No, the reason I'm going to go to Scheffler here is I could throw out last week. I mean, the Farmers is a completely different beast of a tournament as far as toughness. This one's a little bit easier. And, and I mean, prior to that, he had four straight, you know, he had three top fives in the previous four events at 18th at OHL. Like, this just feels like, you know, maybe he's just a little better off right now at the stage of his career in, in birdie fests. I mean, 
He's second in DraftKings points. Oh, I'm sorry, that's 12 rounds. Let me go to 24 rounds. Fourth DraftKings points, fourth birdies are better, 15th tee to green. Does everything else pretty solidly. I just don't know if they're right now. Is there much of a difference between Scheffler 85 and, say, Bryson at 91? I don't know. Um, you know I Depends on of, how much you need that $600. Right. Right. And I just don't think there's that big of a difference. Um, I kind of hope maybe people are a little bit off him because of that miscut last week, but... E five hundred on a scoring on a scoring course like this one, I think is fair. And again, there's there, I don't necessarily have a true favorite eight K because I have a lot of guys I like here, but he'd be the probably the top preference, I suppose. Maybe it'd be the way I'm looking at it. Of the eleven golfers, I still had him listed as my fourth favorite in this group. So, uh, you play DFS, you got to understand that you you get burned, you go back to him. Right. If this was like if I was playing a season long football league and, you know, Dalvin Cook had a bad week, I'm still putting him in my lineup next week. Right. Uh, you got to get over it. So it like it was a bummer. But I'm still with you. Scheffler, fourth out of 11 for me in this group. And it's not like he's way behind the other ones. But my favorite in this group and I was kind of tossing between two. I'm going to go Sun J.M. Yeah, uh, he's been playing great golf, you know. Is he threatening to win? Well, a little bit, maybe. Maybe he's more of like that second page of the leaderboard is what he's been doing for about a month, two months. Um, but that's all right at 88. He's been playing good enough that you don't have to worry about him. And then course history, well, it's one year, but he finished seventh last year. So he was obviously comfortable here a year ago. He's playing really good golf. Give me some Sun JM at 88. Yeah, he's on my list. Um Last year, all he gained most of his strokes around the green, so he scrambled. Um, seems a little counterintuitive to be at this tournament, but yeah, it just has not been. Like he's been good in a lot of categories in recent tournaments, just has not really had a top tournament. And maybe you know, maybe maybe this is a type of event, one where you can score or you have to score, but it's not you know a complete birdie fest. That would be a Sung JM type of event. You know, he has six and birdies are better at tenth at DraftKings points and fourth at putting, so that's good. Um, He's definitely on my radar list. Like, I'd probably prefer him over Bubba for 200 cheaper. Um, the, the, the real name that's really going to, I think the stat models are just going to pump this guy up, is Victor Hovland at 8,400. Um, over 24 rounds, he's first in my model, second in approach, third tee to green, seventh in bogey avoidance. But then I kind of look at his recent form, missed, uh, missed at Mayakoba, missed at Abu Dhabi, was 23rd at Dubai. Like, you know, he's just, you know, now now he's going to have to deal with that basically like cross-planet uh, flight from Abu da- from Dubai to Phoenix. I mean, mm-hmm. that may, that's a concern for a first guy doing that. 8,400, he's starred for me, but I don't know if I end up getting there. Yeah, he's kind of, he's, he's middle of the pack, even going towards the back of the pack for me. And a lot of it has to do with, uh, as you said, like cr- coming across the country and missing a couple of cuts here lately. Um, if I don't play Sun JM, I'm going to go with Ryan Moore this week. Yeah, he's on my list. Uh, again, you know, 8K, so it's the cheapest of the cheap. Coming off of a really good weekend, and, you know, it's not like it was – you see, you know, T6 uh, there at the American Express. It's not like he had one great, uh, one great day. The 65 on Friday, better than the 68 or the 67 around it. But he played consistently well there. So uh, I, I like to see that when you're playing different courses. It wasn't just a one course that fit his eye there. 
And then Ryan Moore, when you come to this course, well, 61, 11, 17, 6, 4. That's recent history, except for the two missed cuts that happened last year and the year before. So a little troubling, but he's playing pretty good. He's got a decent course history. I hope he gets over the recent struggles there. So I like Ryan Moore at AK. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think he might have some injuries or coming off of injury for one of those two uh, missed cuts here. But, no, third in fairways gain, ninth in approach, third in that par four distance from 450 to 500, fifth in proximity. Uh, certainly matches if I think there's any sort of correlation to my tournament with John Deere because he has one there. So, no, he was another guy I was going to mention. Um, the only other guy that I have starred right now, uh, he is a Phoenix guy. I think I don't think he went to college there, but he's from the area. And it was weird because he had never played well here. And then all of a sudden, he pops up a second and a fourth, and that's Ches Reeve. Uh, current form, not the best, but he's missing cu- I mean, I think his missed cuts are, like, right on the number. Like, I don't think that they were terrible missed cuts. Um, so I don't mind taking a shot here. He's, he's finally gotten... Uh, familiar playing home, maybe maybe this is the mo- motivation for Tony Finau too to kind of see that. But Chez at eighty three hundred, we know he's going to find fairways. Good in that proximity from one fifty to one seventy five. I just worry, does he score enough, and is that enough? Is that enough upside here? I'll ask you because AK had eleven guys, and uh, I'll ask you about one guy before we go to our fade. Brent Snedeker, coming off of a good week, has played good here in the past. Has also been. Mediocre at best here in the past. Yeah, and that's just not the profile of somebody I want to pay 8900 for. Like, give okay. me the upside, potential upside of Scheffler or potentially Hovland. I mean, I, you know, I realize Ryan Moore is probably a li- not as good as Snedeker, but they're very similar. And, you know, I'll take 90% Snedeker for $900 difference and maybe, not, and maybe 90 95% for Ryan Moore. Okay, that's fair. I just, I, I just figured uh, he was worth taking a, uh, a look at here. So who are you absolutely avoiding in this field of 8K players? I feel like I might know the answer. You don't. Uh-oh. I mean, he made a cut. I mean, Spieth made a cut last week, so, I mean, that's at least positive momentum. Uh, for me, it's going to be Ryan Palmer. Um, I hmm. just, I mean, a lot of his round, his good last week was, I believe it was a 62 on Friday. And he struggled on Sunday. Doesn't have a good recent history here. Had, had been playing pretty well prior, but the past three years, two missed cuts to the 60th. And I just wonder about going from that final, that final group letdown, how does that affect him? We saw that two years ago where I think he was in part of that playoff or towards the end at, at the Farmers. I don't know if he was in the playoff or if he just missed it. And then the following week was just not very good. So I'm going to rely on that a little bit. Uh, 8200 is probably a very fair price on him, but I just – He's my fade here. That is pretty funny. I'm fading Spieth, but I am here to tell you that I was ready to transition to Palmer because I didn't want to just let's both fade Spieth for the the 10th week in a row. (laughs) Um, Because I was curious about the way Palmer would rebound from that 77. Uh, You know, he was definitely good enough for the lineups I put him in last week, but I wonder how he fares with that rebound from the 77. So I'm right there with you, but I'll again fade Spieth. I mean, man, he's just not playing good. Yeah, he made the cut. Okay, I'm looking for more than making the cut out of 8,600, and I got news for you. Speed, if he makes the cut, you're happy, because that's about all he's doing right now. Yeah, but I don't know if you want to pay 8,600 to make the cut. No, that's what I'm saying. I won't pay 8,600 for a guy who I'm just trying. I'll pay seventy or 6,600 
for a guy I think will just make the cut and be happy, but not 86. So he's my fate here. And uh, but I'm with you on Palmer. I'm I'm curious to see how he responds from uh, from that 77 just uh, yesterday. Yeah, so. I am too. All right. Well, let's take it to the seven K tier. Um, I usually write down more names than I end up playing in this tier. Probably going to be the same this week because I wrote down about 12, 15 names. But but we won't list them all. There's a whole bunch. You can check them out. But I'll ask you, Skeeter, your favorite play out of this uh, large group with some good names in it. There are, and this is this is an interesting tier to uh, figure out. And I know we've talked a lot about tournament history, so why not choose a guy who's never played here before? Corey Connor, 7,900. Yeah. Um, second greens in regulation, 14th tee to green in approach. Tenth and birdies are better. Really, I'll, I mean, the proximity from 151-75, he doesn't rate well in. But everything else, he's pretty good in. Even putting is slightly below average, which I'll take for him. Uh, did gain five strokes putting at Sony, so that is a slight concern. But, but I mean, he's got six straight top 20s. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know he can score. There is some trouble here, but, you know, if he can avoid it just a little bit. Um, what does he fairways gain? 38th, which fine with me. Um, 7,900 is towards the end of the pricing range, but he, he can hit greens, he can score. I like the, I like that combination. I think 7,900 is a very fair price on him. So for me, that's, he's going to be my favorite play. I'm, I'm in on Connors. One of the names I wrote down as well. Um, I'm in on another guy at 7,900, but not that in that I'm going to go with him right now. My favorite play is Benny on man, 7,600, uh, Okay, 68 at the Farmers, didn't make the cut at American Express, but he was playing really well before that. And as we talked about a little uh, course history here, Benny on 20th, 23rd, 6th. So if I'm dipping down into that range. I know he can be very hot and cold. Uh, how about 8th at Zozo, 14th at the HSBC, followed then, like I just said, cut at American Express, did make the cut at American Express and uh, uh, finished 68th at the Farmers. So very hot and cold, but at 76, I'm going to take some chances with Benny on this week. And we know Benny on is not a good putter, but um, he lost 7.2 strokes putting last week at the Farmers. Like, even by Benny on standards, that's really bad. So, um, I can see a bounce back here. This price feels like more of a course that does suit him. Will make birdies. Um, not the great at hitting fairways and greens. So I guess that is that, that those are concerns. But man, 7600 is way too. Like I saw that price. Like oh boy. This is just going to be Benny on chalk week because people, the DFS industry loves a reason to play Ben on. I don't know if last week was enough to get people off of him. Um, did he did he play at the did he play at American Express? Was he one of the miscuts there? Yes, he was miscut at the American Express, then 68th at Farmers. So okay, so I mean uh, that is the concern there, but sure. I mean stat wise, pr- talent price wise, yeah, he feels way too cheap. If you don't go Connors, which uh, I certainly will have some Connors lineups, where are you going? Oh, boy. Um, I, I might as well just mention it. Um, we might as well get Tom Hoagie out of the way. Like, good grief. He, I mean, I, told, I said last week he was a guy that could kind of be hot or cold, too. But, man, he is on fire right now. 12th at Sony, 6th at the American Express, 5th at Farmers. He's gaining a ton of strokes on approach. Um He's also getting a lot of strokes putting, which historically is not his. I mean, he tends to be an average putter, so he's putting out of his mind right now. But wait, the guy is on fire right now. Rates, uh, if I look at 12 rounds, he's number one in my model. He's top 10 in everything except fairways, gain, greens, regulation, and proximity for 200 plus, and 
even then, he's still above average. So this will be an interesting case study on Tom Hoagie because he's absolutely on fire right now. Was 44th here a year ago. I mean, 3400 still feels like maybe too cheap of a price for the way he's been playing, but it also feels like the magic could also end on him. So I think he'll be a real interesting case study this week. I'll use him again, no doubt about it. Um, like you said, I mean, he's just, he's just playing lights out. I mean, you know, it's not like he's Brennan Todd winning back-to-back events, but he's playing darn good uh, months on end, so I'm he's right there with better you. better fields than when Todd won in the fall. I mean, You're right about I, that, too. So. To take zero away from Brennan Todd, he played amazingly, but to do this at Sony, which isn't a bad field, the American Express, eh, a little stronger, but to do it at Farmers, like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's going to catch your attention. Yeah, if I, uh, and I'm with you on Hoagie, so I like both guys you like there pretty uh, pretty good, so I'll get a piece of them. I'm going to go, I think with Daniel Berger is my guy I would also turn to. Um, I've got a few of my usual suspects in this in this range, Co-Crack, Sabatini, Hoffman, and I'll probably sprinkle them in some lineups, but Berger didn't make the cut here last year, but 11th the year before, 7th the year before that, so has played well here, and has been playing pretty good going all the way back to the Early fall last year, 29th at American Express, 38th at Sony, 17th at Zozo, did not make the cut at Houston Open and was plus eight, was horrible. But outside of that, Shriners, 18th, Safeway, 23rd. I mean, the guy's been playing pretty good, and of course he's played well before, and I'm going to guess that Daniel Berger's not going to garner a ton of ownership. Oh, let's see. Again, I'm looking at very, very early numbers. Uh, yeah, 11% very early Monday afternoon, hmm. so... Again. Anytime I think I'm tricky or sneaky, I'm just like the the exact opposite. See, two or three years ago you could have been, but I think now with ownership projections and DraftKings being a little better better pricing and so much, I mean, more people are following this on a week-to-week basis that there's some sharp, I mean, people are sharper now than they certainly were a few years ago. It's a more knowledgeable core. So, um, coming off the injury too may have affected a little bit some of those things, but very good scoring, so I certainly get it. Um, I'll just quickly go through a couple of guys I have starred. Um, you know, if we think Phil and Bubba have done well, if we think there's some sort of left-handed correlation here, Brian Harmon at 7,800 has been playing fine. I, I do worry about if he has enough upside to do well here, but 19th tee to green, 20th in approach, um, I think certainly usable, good in, all, in every category, not great. Maybe better cash game play, not that you and I play that. Uh, Russell Knox still rates out very well statistically for me. I think he's actually, I think he gave a decent finish last year, 10th last year, 15th back in 2015, a couple of missed cuts in there, so he seems a little boom bust. Vaughn Taylor, if we're going to talk about guys who can score, I can always go back to Vaughn Taylor. I know he burned some people at American Express. I mean, he had a rally on Saturday just to make the cuts. Um, Lanto Griffin, 7,200, still feels a little way too cheap, and then, I don't know what to do with former champion Kyle Stanley at 7K. Um, he certainly intrigues me. does well statistically, but not in the best of form. So maybe he's a sprinkle. What about Keegan Bradley? A couple good tourneys in a row now. World-class golfer, at least used to be. I played him last week. I mean, after that round one, I was like, all right, let's go Keegan. And then he just kind of. Faded away a little bit. Um, was he, he was in position to go full-blown, wasn't he? Was he, he was the round one leader, but he was close, right? Yeah, yeah. Going full key is round one leader and missed cut. Um, I don't think he ever approached. I can't think. Missed cut, right. But, right. 
Why but I thought that I know that late on Thursday I was looking. I was like, uh, he was at that point. He was close to in the lead with like holes to play or something. I was thinking we have an opportunity. No, no. Full Keegan is a first round leader to miss cut. Not what much. about uh, a couple other guys that uh, did JB Holmes do enough for you last week to go back to him or not yet? No, I mean that's just. That's more of a, he's always played well there, and I know he's won here twice. Um, let's see, where is he at? He is 7,400. Let's see, what did he do last week? Okay, no. Uh, gained 6.6 strokes total, 4.8 putting. So that's just, that's a stay away from me. Uh, okay. one, one other guy I wanted to mention, Brennan Steele, 7,500, mm -hmm. has played very, very well at this course, and we saw him... Play pretty well. I mean, should have probably could have won in Hawaii. Maybe got you know some of those long delays. Maybe throw him out of rhythm enough to cost him that tournament. Was okay at the far at, at American Express. Did miss last week at the Farmers, but it's just I don't. That course history is hard for me to ignore. The fact that he played so well at Sony seventy five hundred. I think he's definitely worth a look. A couple of guys at 7,200 that I was intrigued with, Denny McCarthy and Adam Hadwin, do either one of those do anything for you? I worry about Hadwin, the fact that this is his first tournament since last year, so that's always a concern for me. He uh, did play President's Cup, for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess he did. Um, so it is, while it's not a tournament in the typical style, it is competitive golf. I forgot about that. Uh, Denny McCarthy, his putter has just not been as hot and, you know, that's kind of his game, so I don't have any interest in him. Okay. But, I mean, we really, I really have to ask you, because we've gone this far in the 7K segment, and you haven't mentioned... <laughs> you, I mean, you have some brand plays here, and you... I mean, outside of casually mentioning them, you haven't discussed any of them, so what's going on here? Well, I will use Co-Crack um, for sure. I don't know if I'm going to use hashtag real Rory might not be real Rory anymore. Uh, coming off of a ninth, I am a little concerned about long-term form, and Charlie plays well back uh, at the Farmers. Charlie has a 20th and a 24th and a 26th in the last three years here. I will use Charlie as well, uh, coming off of a T9. I will certainly use some Charlie Hoffman. I just, I don't know, I kind of, I'm... I was very encouraged by what I've seen. We've seen some good rounds from Charlie, but a minus nine, two weeks in a row, but he's had four rounds in the seventies. You know, he's not like going out there and lighting it up. And I, I don't know. I, I, I love me some Charlie Hoffman. I worry about going overboard with it sometimes, I guess. So yeah, I'm going to use him. I don't know if I want to tout him uh, in it so strongly though. Is he a waste management sponsor? He certainly was, if he's not anymore. I don't know if he is a current sponsor, but he most certainly was. Yeah, that felt familiar. Yes. Uh, in fact, I feel like that might be where he wears the green glove, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, because I think he will have at least one round where he wears the all-greens. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to play some Charlie. I was very excited to see not only that he was in the optimal lineup last week. But <laughs> I, that, I uh, said that to you like, oh, James is going to love this. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't have that optimal lineup. Uh, no, but you had all but the that, guys in it, which is impressive. I did. I did. I had all in 10 lineups. I had at least two lineups with each of those players, just none with all six and one, unfortunately. But, but it's still impressive. Uh, that, I mean, and that's really all you could do is have all the guys. 
you know, in a core, have everybody right, just hope that you stumble upon the right combination because you just can't play them all or based on your bankroll, it might not be practical to play them all. Yeah. Well, there'll be, there'll be plenty of Charlie lineups as well this week, but yeah. What about Sabatini, man? I mean, I, I guess I got to step away from him, particularly in this tournament, right? Uh, what has he done here? Not, not a ton. No, no. Mr. Uh, Mr. Top Greg Golfer Slovakia. Uh, I mean, 22nd, 31st, not terrible, but yeah, I probably want to play Miss him. Miss Cuts did sandwich that. So, um, so by the way, I listened to the Pat, uh, Pat Mayo, uh, his podcast and he, he did a thing where he had uh, Jeff and uh, Tim try to guess the top 25 money earners of all time. And number 25 on that list, this was recorded last week, so I don't know if the farmers changed anything, but number 25 all-time mo- leading money earner on the PGA Tour, Rory Sabatini. That really goes to show you how inflation skews those rankings. Absolutely, because Nicholas Palmer and Trevino <laughs> yeah. no- nowhere near. Oh, you hear you hear Azinger talking about it all the time, like, ah, oh, he's won more money in these two tournaments than I won in my career. And, uh, you know, like, they were talking about with Justin Thomas passing Azinger on the money list, and he's like, I think he passed me in his rookie year. Yeah, Azinger was probably a little bitter about that. He seems like he might hold a grudge a little bit. Well, good news for him is he's still out there making some money. Absolutely. And, and you know, talking about it. So I do, I do um, like him as a commentator. I don't mind him at all. Yeah, I don't mind him. I don't mind him or Fado to be to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I, I don't mind Faldo either. I mean, granted, he doesn't know how to say Colin Morikawa. It's confu- confusing him on Saturday with Hideki Matsuyama. He was having some struggles on those names. But, um, but yeah, I don't mind well, Faldo either. You know, when you've won, what, five or six majors or whatever he's won, you, you don't have to do homework. You just show up and talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, let's finish off this seven, uh, 7K tier. Did you mention Zach Johnson, by the way? I didn't. I know he's. I mean, he was part of that lineup that I had two years ago. That was that was fire. Um, I mean, if you're gonna make me get into the Charlie Hoffman hour, we, we can need a little Zach Johnson. No, talk no, right wait here. a minute. I am not. I mean, I like Zach Johnson, but I'm not. Uh, I mean, he might be my brand, but he's nowhere near the. I don't have the loyalty points towards him as you do to Charlie. Um, that's ra- fair. Ranks well. Everything except par fours from four fifty five hundred the past twenty four rounds. The price is right, especially for a guy that, I mean, he has played well here, five main cuts in a row. It's just, I, I, it's the upside that I worry about. Like, That's fair. Would I rather play him or Lanto Griffin? Or like Sebastian Munoz, who I think have more scoring upside. I guess it just comes down to the way I want to play my lineups. Um, like, I can see myself, if I do end up playing a bunch of lineups, I'm probably playing more than one, I can go there. I just... I'm not going to go there as far as a want, you know, main core type of guy. If you had a perfect lineup set and you were $100 over, would you take Charlie Hoffman out to get that $100 extra to get down to Zach Johnson or not? I'd probably just go Lanto. And if I was already had Lanto, then, then yeah, I could that, do that. That entire question was only to point out that Hoffman was $100 more than uh, Zach Johnson. Uh, how, many, how many majors does uh, Charlie have? Uh, so we haven't talked about who we're going to fade in the seven. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> He's got none, zero, zilch, nada. All right, let's talk about that in mid uh, mid mid April. Um, He's got to he's got to play that one. That was not that was not a spoiler word. I know, I know. I'm gonna keep saying it. He's gonna find his way in there. Um, hope hopefully, this is the week he finds his way in there. I hope he does because I'll play him. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens when we get there to April and and Masters talk. But yes, Charlie has zero majors. Zach Johnson has two. Uh, probably the two um, most prestigious golf courses in the uh, in the world. Or at least two or three. I mean, he has one pebble, but boy, that'd be a. I mean, that'd be the triumvirate. I mean, I mean, Augusta and St Andrews is a great uh, duo. Uh, I, I know a lot of rookies on tour that would, uh, well, I don't know them because I don't know anyone on tour, but I, I have a feeling there's a lot of rookies on tour that would take those two wins, call it a career, and be the only two in their career, right? I think they'd be for, but how dare you prestige all his wins at the John Deere Classic, too? How dare I, you? I, I will certainly not. Um, if we're going to fade somebody in the 7K tier uh, as we get into golfer wars here and in, in fan wars, I feel like I'm, I feel like a Bengals fan fighting with a Steelers fan right now. Um, especially because the Steelers have Super Bowls and the Bengals don't. Oh, that's disheartening. Let's stop this talk. <laughs> if you're fading somebody in 7K, who are you fading? Bud Cauley because he's screwing me. No. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> no. Um, I, I look at Harris English a little bit. Like, he's got good history. Or Wait, does he have good history? There is something about has, him. I, I think there was uh, a reason to like him. He's missed some cuts, but he's also had a third and a ninth, yeah. And a 15. Yeah, like, he was hot in the fall, but coming off, he had 48th at American Express, 31st last week. I don't know. I can see him just going a little over-owned. Um, so, maybe maybe Harris English season is over. Maybe it's just taking a temporary call, pause. We'll see. I'm not on him this week, which means he'll probably play well, but that's kind of the one I'm just going to kind of take an ownership fade on. Um, I am – I'm going to fade Billy Horschel here. Uh, 68th at the Farmers. Didn't make the cut the previous two events. Um, I think Billy's played decent here at times, but just the way he's playing here lately, I'm going to go away from him. Yeah, he's had some top 25s. They were three, four, and six years ago, but I'm going to fade Billy Horschel. Not playing very good at all right now. I mean, 7400 is kind of the right price range for, you know, for based on recent success in course history. But, yeah, there's nothing that says, you know, you have to go play him here. And, and shout-out to my buddy Flan. Uh, I, I doubt he's listening. We'll talk about this later. He'll, he'll fade Emiliano Grillo. Uh, he was yelling at me this week about Grillo because I had sent him, I think, the same picture I sent you when I saw his bag in the clubhouse when I played this uh, oh, yeah. this fall. He's like, yeah, I've been using Grillo because you played his course. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean I told you to play him just because his bag was there. He's like, I ain't playing him for a while now because we I was griping about Molinari and uh, Justin Rose. And so, he's, you know, this, this, this is what we do while we watch videos of, uh, of uh, Tiger Woods holding one on 16. Grillo is a perfect... Play multiple lineups, throw him in two or three, because he, when he hits, he hits, but he can also sink a lineup. Yeah, so um, I believe we, we've hit the 7K tier pretty good. Anything left there before we move on? No, let's go. <laughs> 6K tier, a little deeper, I suppose, than normal um, as we get to this field. Not as deep as it will be once we get into the major tournaments, but uh, I see some names down here that certainly weren't names in the 6K tier Earlier in the year or even in the fall, I'll ask you first if you have a favorite out of this group if you go there. There's names I like. I don't, again, this is kind of, you know, I don't have a great um, feel here, but I guess I'll just try to take a 6K upside guy. What I mean is a guy that has top 30 potential but also can miss the cut. That's probably why they're in this range. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Nick Taylor at 6,500. Um, history, five uh, played here five times, made three cuts, nothing better than 52nd. So well, that's a concern. When I look at his finishes, there's either missed cuts or top 35. 
kind of going back his past 10, 12 tournaments, which is kind of the way he is. Um, rates out decently well for fairways and greens and regulation, which I think was something I am weighing a little bit here this week. He does struggle to get key 450 to 500 range, and his approach hasn't been great. But he can score a little bit. Um, it's probably more of a riskier play, but at 6,500, I feel like I could kind of take the risk there. And that he's going to be the guy I'm going to lean on, but it's not, uh, not, not with a ton of confidence, but there's some. I don't know if I actually get to the 6K tier this week, and I used it a lot last week and was happy to. I don't know if I go there a bunch this week. If I do, I guess my boy Kira Dex, my fave, oh, my favorite, yeah. Appy Bonrot. Uh, he's fallen in that world golf ranking over the past year, no doubt. He's been okay here recently. Uh, a guy who I do think is better than your average 6K golfer. And by that, I, I mean like up all the way up to 69, of course. Uh, he finished 33rd here last year. He finished 67th here about five years ago. Those are the two finishes. If I get a 33rd at 6,800, I'm pretty stoked. Eighth at CJ Cup, 42nd at the uh, Abu Dhabi here uh, last week or a week ago, two weeks ago. So it's 6K. There's certainly some uh, some warts on it, but I'll take him at 6,800. Talent overpriced, basically, type of play. Basically, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, two other guys I had put a star by. One is this Cameron Tringali. He's another part of my brand oh. here. Um, and I like him too, man. I, he's he's close to my favorite. Yeah, he's just not really playing the best right now. So, um, that's a no for me. The guy that I'm intrigued if I if I'm going to try to jam in, um, like Rom and Webb or something like that. He pops every now and then in scoring events. Very risky. But K.H. Lee at 6,100. He's ninth in fairways hits, ninth in that proximity from 150 to 135. And outside of putting, Tita Green is not great. I, you know, for, the, for, for a pure punt, he at least does something well hitting fairways and can score a little bit. Extremely risky. 21st in the American Express. Didn't make the cut of Farmers, not surprising. Um... I don't mind him just for that reason. What about Harry Higgs? Yeah, that's that's a name I need to look into a little bit more. He played well uh, last. He week. did, and then I and then I saw a great uh, a picture of him. Somebody uh, had had commented that Harry Higgs is the kind of guy who unbuttons his shirt till he's comfortable, and then unbuttons it one more because it's like his shirt yesterday was completely like unbuttoned all the way down. V-neck, not a not a complete button up, but I mean, it made me laugh. Harry Higgs looks like the kind of guy I could have a uh, uh, you know have a have a lunch with. He rates out very well. Uh, birdies are better. Bogey avoidance seventh in that par four from four fifty to five hundred. Actually, kind of slightly above average in every other stat. So yeah, I just put a star by him. So what about this Sebastian Kaplan guy? I really didn't know anything about I... him until uh, the last couple of weeks, but he's played two two solid weeks in a row, man. I can't tell you I know anything about him, but yeah, 6th American Express, 21st at Farmers. Uh, seems to be a little putting dependent right now. He has been losing strokes consistently on approach, but gained three plus three strokes putting at American Express, 5.1 at the Farmers. So that um, maybe, I mean, we'll see. One other pure putt play, and I, I'm only going to mention this because I played him as a pure 6K punt on weekend golf, and he was actually, he did just fine, was Jamie Lovemark. Uh, Coming, still coming off, I think, a long-term injury. 
So uh, gained five strokes to green last week. Pretty good on approach around the green. If he's starting to find that form where he, I mean, he was one that was always kind of like a consistent 7K golfer that did pretty well. If he's going to do that, um, you know, I can certainly take a chance on him at that price. Anybody else in this range? Do you think you're even going to this range right now? I will in builds. I will in builds where I'm playing, trying to jam in two, or if I'm trying to jam in a 10K, 9K, 8K guy, that yes, I can go there. Maybe Harry Higgs actually makes a last player, him or Tringali, or maybe a little bit Nick Taylor, but um, I'll say that probably not. Okay. Uh, my boy John Ho was, uh, was good enough last week. He's only 6,400. He's made some cuts here. Do I dare, would you dare go back to him? Did you even play him this week? I did not, but if you want to play him one out of 20, why not? Okay. Like, I probably just, will. That's the thing in the 6K range. You're just trying to find you're trying to find a you know good form, good history, good skill set, and you're just sprinkling them in and hope that you hit them. Yeah. So all right. Yeah, I'm I'm right there. I probably will use them again. I mean, I was happy with what I got on last week. If he makes the cut here, I'll be happy again. So, yeah. is there anybody in this range that screams fade to you? Um, I'm sure I can find somebody. <laughs> Would uh, it be former major champ Charles, major champ Charles Schwartzel? Boy, he's been bad too. Uh, no, I will go with former PGA Tour winner Satoshi Kadaira, who okay. has done absolutely nothing since winning at um, Heritage two years ago. Okay. Well, I will. Uh, I will say that my fade is uh, is is. Well, I said Charles Schwartzel, but we'll go even deeper. I'm going to fade Kyle Westmoreland, and the only reason is he's the very last guy on the list, so I'm not going to play him. Uh, because I've never heard of him, and when I think Westmoreland, I just I don't know. That's like too many too many syllables in that name for me. Too many. There's three words to make up one name. His only other appearance at a PGA Tour event was at the Greenbrier at the start of the fall. He missed a cut by two or three. So I super duper hope this guy makes the cut now, just because of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, that was a complete uh, com- complete waste of air there, but uh, I do think uh, I do think uh, I'll probably play Higgs and Kira Deck in a couple laps, and that might be about it for me in the six K. But uh, anything else in the field? I'm sure we want to talk a little one and done as well. Yeah, nothing else in the field. Yeah, one and done. Oh boy, I mean, I used Hideki last week. I mean, my one and done's have been a complete and utter disaster so far this year, so that's just good. I don't know if I want to. I mean, Webb's tempting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I was like, man, I could save him for Heritage or, or uh, to Travelers. One of these events where it's a little bit of a weaker field where he's probably the star. Um, I don't know, Morikawa could be a really intriguing one. People have used him, and I don't think they're going to use him this week. Um, I can see myself going there, maybe M, maybe Sungjae, or Sungjae, I just mentioned him. Scheffler, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where I'm going yet here. Um, I don't want to completely feel like I'm getting desperate yet, but, boy, I need to do something different. You don't burn a Kuchar who's playing in bad form this week, you know, great course history, do you? I mean, nobody will be on him. I don't, I, I don't think he'll be very popular, so I don't hate it. Okay. I'm thinking, uh, thinking Bubba might make sense for me. Um, you know, if I don't use Bubba at the Masters, I'm going to use him at – one of these courses he does well. This is um, one, all the way as one here. Oh, what's the one? Is oh, I'm sorry, it, I can say Travelers. That's what you want to use him. I'm sorry, I'm thinking Wyndham for, like, Webb or 
when I was talking about the course correlations. I keep thinking Wyndham, but I keep saying okay. Travelers. Travelers this weekend at the U.S. Open. That's another Bubba course. I think he's won there two or three times. You use Bubba at uh, the Genesis. He's won there a would, couple times. Would you use a John Rom? Are you saving him for like a U.S. Open or or one of the four majors? Probably, but I mean, maybe that's what I got to think about here since I'm so far behind him. Maybe I should just use a guy that I think could win and has a lot of narrative streak. Because I mean, you're never going to turn out a win. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, you'll never turn so, one down. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe I, that's a good point. Maybe I ought to think about that. Yeah, Brennan Steele, maybe one other guy you didn't Ooh, mention who I could see turning. That too. is desperate, but I don't necessarily hate. It's it. sneaky, right? It's 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 maybe too many chance take, too much chance taken for uh, for for January. Yeah. So, um, anything else before we put a wrap on it? I don't. I'm good. All right. Well, uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Skeeter, before we get out of here, though, we do got to talk about it because it's already up on My Fantasy Fix. This is Super Bowl weekend as well. So, yes, we're the DFS Golf Podcast, but you'll have some uh, – you've already got an article up on the showdown slate for Niners Chiefs. So let us know what we can get at My Fantasy Fix there, and then, you know, soon enough it'll be uh, just us kind of holding water until it's it's baseball time, right? Yeah, so over on My Fantasy Fix right now, I do have the the – I'm calling it San Francisco versus Kansas City showdown because I don't know if I can, you know, Super Bowl might be a trademark term, but um, but yeah, I, so I have the analysis up on that, and I included the their playoff game so far. If you want to try to glean any information from that as far as building your showdowns, and maybe it'll, I do go over a little bit of strategy as far as what to think of as far as lineup building, especially if you're gonna try to turn ten bucks into a million dollars. I I mean I highly doubt there's a solo winner unless you are, unless there's some. You know, you're probably going to have to do, like, a two-touchdown game from Kyle Juszczyk or something bizarre. But I do mention a couple of plays that if you really want to go bizarre and hope they hit a captain, could be an interesting move. So that's up there. Um, I'll probably update it as we get closer to Sunday, especially as we start finding out some news on, like, Kevin Coleman. I think I think that is a key to this uh, slate, especially with potentially Matt Breida being in one of those values that could pop if, if Coleman misses or is extremely limited. So... That's what you can find on My Fantasy Fix. Of course, we have the golf stuff up there with the tournament history. We'll have a, the favorite plays by tier, and I'll have a Wednesday update where we'll see what ownership and weather and if there's anything else I come across. And just an FYI, I don't know how many people are uh, listening to this that are into both sports, but if you played a football playoff challenge, don't forget to set your lineup for the final game because it's been a two-week layoff, and I, can't, I, I can remember people saying, being at parties and people saying, oh, man, I forgot to set my lineup because, you know, it's just football's basically over after last week, yeah. minus the one game. So don't forget to set those lines, folks. I mean, it wouldn't matter in the one that you and I are in because that's just a, that's a donation every year for me to, to I you. I have already donated. Yeah, I'm toast, bro. But I'm the, toast, but my lineup is set anyway. But in the Scott Fishbowl Fantasy Cares one, out of 500 people, I'm ninth going into I'm going. So, um, I'm So that one I'm starting to get a little excited about. Well, well if you're trying to figure out who you don't want to use, ask me who you should, and uh, we'll – you know, we'll work from there. Well, I mean, I, I mean, this, I, I see. I, I think I'm using Garoppolo because I used all the AFC quarterbacks. Um, I think I'm, yeah, I'm using Kittle, so I could use a couple Kittle touchdowns, and from there, I think it's Damian Williams, and then I forget what. At this point, you're using who you got left, right? Right, but you know, like, I just ho- you know, hopefully, I, I don't know I'm gonna have to look at the people above me and see if there's you know somebody that they've you know, Emmanuel Sanders, or if I want to go Sammy Watkins. Just, but we'll see, that's see. not bad. There's going to be some lineups out there with, like, Kendrick Bourne and Robinson and Hardman as their three receivers. 
Oh well, well, I'm using I'm using some combination of them and the one you and I are in, which again doesn't matter because I'm not going to do a thing, but whatever. Yeah. So anyway, folks, a little football right there at the end, but you know if you plan the showdown slate on DraftKings, Skeeter's got that down there on my fantasy fix for you. And like I said, just don't forget to set those lineups as you know we've kind of gotten out of football mode and lineup setting every Sunday or Saturday or Thursday night or whenever the heck you do it. But don't forget to do that. And uh, with that. I want to say thanks to everybody for listening to us once again. Uh, get some lineups in for the Waste Management Phoenix Open because that is a fun Sunday to be sitting there watching a the lineup, even if it's just a couple bucks, getting ready for the Super Bowl. It makes that uh, build up uh, uh, to me, a lot more fun. Great tournament to watch. So even if you don't play a lineup and you forget about it, don't forget to tune in because it really is a lot of fun. So good luck to everybody. Uh, stay tuned to My Fantasy Fix. Certainly Skeeter and I will be back next week with more golf. But for now, I appreciate you all listening. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.